0: beautiful joy seeker and welcome to the I am changing podcast. I'm your host Kaz Humphreys and I'm a change chick. In this episode today I'm going to commence exploring why change as a topic can be hard, why some people perceive it as insurmountable, why we get stuck, why it's challenging and it kind of leads into it's one thing to have a vision of your dream life but it's entirely another thing to be able to change yourself to get the dream to become real. And I get asked this all the time, why is this? And it's not until we start unpacking all of the little nuances that we begin to understand the why. So let's dive in deep. As human beings, we develop a series of values and beliefs of how our life should be. We emotionally invest in those beliefs which support us to feel that something is either good or bad, safe or in danger. This means we're rooted within our belief systems and they don't always remain static. Our beliefs that we had as a small child where people have to look after us no longer become valid over time as we start to move out of the nest and create our own independence as young adults. So therefore, our beliefs are subject to change. But fundamentally, our beliefs are what drive our motivation, intention, and our willingness to thrive in life. This is great until your belief system is challenged in some way or it's stressed. This is the space where fear can arise. And it's not just a one-stop shop of a fear popping up. Stress in the belief system can be a technicolour interchanging graphic of fear. Let me give you an example. Fear of change, fear of rejection, fear to be vulnerable, fear of the future, fear of being unworthy or not good enough, fear of judgment, even fear of becoming unwell or during the pandemic, fear of uncertainty. Now, they're not, these are not fears that we run around during the day and live our life and go, oh, my gosh, I fear this or I fear that. This is something that happens subliminally. And so when we're migrating through life and we're working on our dream, we come unstuck if there's something subliminal that's triggering us and we can't migrate through the fear, the whatever it is, the subconscious stress that's in the way of our belief system feeling good. It's human nature to want to avoid fear because it's uncomfortable. And it's not something we actively choose to feel in terms of thinking or feeling negative things. But what we don't realise is that the more we avoid, the greater the self sabotage pattern we create. And it's not often until you have a third party point something out to you that you realise, you know, there's three different ways we can sabotage. We can sabotage ourselves. We can be sabotaged by others or we can sabotage someone else just through a stress in the belief system. And according to Pima Chodron's book, Taking the Leap, Freeing Ourselves from Old Habits and Fears, this is an oldie but a goodie and I, I love this book. I refer to it all the time with my clients. She talks about the more that we avoid or procrastinate, the stronger that fear can be perceived as real Chodron discusses that we all have the ability to naturally interrupt old habits. All of us know how healing it is to be kind, how transformative it is to love, and what a relief it is to have old grudges drop away with a slight shift in perspective. We can realise that people strike out and say mean things from time to time for the same reasons that we do. Chodron discusses that we approach our lives as an experiment. We could choose to to stop and slow down and be still for a few seconds. We could experiment with interrupting the usual chain reaction and not spin off in the usual way. We don't need to blame someone else and we don't need to blame ourselves when we feel like we're in a tight spot. We can experiment with not strengthening the, aggressing, the aggression habit and we can see what happens, we can observe. Chodron talks about practising the pause and its usefulness in the process of changing our lives. And I call this practising the pause our choice point. However, some people find it unnerving to pause. It unsettles them and leaves them feeling out of control because the outcome, when you're creating that choice point for yourself is unknown and if your trigger is fear of the unknown or fear of being out of control you're going to avoid that so this is where these subliminal fears arise and they attach to our belief system and then we develop you know mental patterns and thoughts and feelings to go with that mental pattern. And this often speaks about the power of these habits that we have, these subliminal programs and their old formative beliefs that are linked to them. Chodron discusses that this feeling can quite simply be not wanting to be fully present in the moment. And I actually happen to agree with her. Because when we pause, we gift ourselves this choice point. This is the space where we get to observe What's going on? We get to connect with the feelings. This choice point can give us the chance to touch our natural intelligence, connect with our heart, space and eight wisdom, connect and activate that heartfelt connection to our highest self, which becomes awakened and will give you that sense of security. However, if you're running that subliminal fear program, this cuts through that heart, space connection where you love yourself. It creates a stress or a wound that requires healing. And it is these arising fears which generate negativity in a way that nothing else can. Chodra discusses that there's many ways to explore the ego version of self. And she likens the ego as the experiment of never being present. Because when we are present, there can be a deep-seated tendency almost as a compulsion to distract yourself even when you're not consciously feeling uncomfortable. Chodron refers to this compulsion as feeling like a little bit of an itch which hums in the background. And this itch can look like edginess, boredom, restlessness. You know, ADD, that's me. The Tibetan Buddhists call this shempa when your shempa or the hook has been activated. And this pattern of distracting yourself, of not being fully present, of not contacting the immediacy of your experiment is actually considered normal in Western society. This is clearly demonstrated you only have to look at how we use and become so easily addicted to social media on our phone and the swipe, swipe, swipe. We can't stay in the one place for too long. The average read on a social media um, post is, you know, less than three seconds. If you can't grab someone's attention, you've lost them. In three seconds, we can't pause long enough for three seconds. And so many of the people that I see in clinic report feeling lost or stuck or worse, disconnected from who they are and that dream life that they so desperately want to live. We strengthen the habit. Of escaping choosing fantasy over reality and we learn this as children. In fact Western society advocates escapism with children's toys and television and so I challenge you if that doesn't sit right for you, how many schools or children's early development facilities do you know have climbing trees or a sandpit for active play rather than detaching from what's happening? Unfortunately, We get to learn to become very comfortable from leaving the present moment at an early age. We get comfortable being lost in our thoughts, our worries, plans and dreams. This departure from the present moment gives us a sense of false security and we learn to enjoy it. But what is really happening when we depart the present moment is that decoupling from the reinforcement of the strength of our beliefs. And neurologically, we activate a survival program in order to feel safe rather than confront what's triggered us. We have an entire nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, dedicated to helping us do flight, flight, flee. Whereas our parasympathetic nervous system is geared for rest and digest and thriving in life. And so I'll challenge you now, how often are you in rest and digest in any given day? The knee-jerk reaction trigger, or itch as it's referred to in Tibetan Buddhist teachings, called shempa or attachment. And we liken shempa to the chain reaction of thoughts, feelings and emotions that you use to cover up that discomfort so that you can leave the present moment reverting back either into the past where you know it was safe and you have evidence of a, a pleasant time or you project your thoughts, worries and concerns into the future and you hear those statements in your head, but what if? In the science of psychology, this itch is, is referenced as being triggered or dissociating. It's that feeling of beginning to get hot under the collar when someone pushes your buttons, when in actual fact, you could choose the possibility of just becoming curious about this urge to itch and instead of doing the habitual detachment from the present moment, which in other words strengthens the repetitive pattern of your survival program, could I ask you that perhaps it's time to explore what's really going on. Therefore, taking charge of the emotions behind the thoughts and the words, because this is when they're left unchecked, your shemper is simply like a highly contagious disease that spreads rapidly, infiltrating all the facets of your being. And so this is why change is so challenging. Not only do you have to pause, you have to be willing to remain in the discomfort of what your survival program is trying to get you to avoid. And you've heard me say this before, we all have stuff. And there's times when it's not comfortable to look at that stuff but it's incredibly healing. When you can clearly see what's happening on a conscious level, you actually gain access to your natural intelligence. And by this I mean, you can connect with your innate wisdom so that you know instinctively that the important thing you're trying to communicate for yourself will not get through right now. If you're shutting down, you're shutting off because your Shempa has been activated, that survival program. Your natural wisdom will tell you to be quiet and not push your point intuitively. You'll know that no one will win if that virus of the age spreads. And yes, there are times when it's safer and more appropriate to just sit quietly in your feelings and go away and deal with them. And there's also other times where it's appropriate to speak up, but if you're stuck in a survival mode, the mechanisms for your ability to express yourself may be impeded. And so I wanted to share with you today, if you do find change challenging, here's some ways for you to reset the obstacles that are present in your life, because we all have them. So let's explore how you can address the stress in your belief system, and I like to call this the pull-apart process. Write down, number one, write down your biggest fear, block, obstacle, or challenge. And this enables you to discover the story that you've used to justify the presence of the fear. Before you even kickstart the shame, blame, guilt, bullshit in your head, remind yourself you're human and it's normal to want to avoid anything uncomfortable. The other tidbit I want you to know about why you write down the issue, like journaling, is because writing is a conscious and active form of expression. It's an activity that allows you to diffuse the stress doing laps inside your head so that when you write it down on paper, it's an active form of release. Actively exploring, especially with the tool of writing, supports you to expand on what the thought is. Not until you start exploring do you realise that there's a story that goes with the fear or worry. And that by actively writing it down, you're unpicking it. But you're also diminishing how much physical energy you're putting into maintaining this mental cloud in your head and returning your energy back to a state of recuperation so that you can thrive again. Tip number two to pick apart. Review this story or fear list regularly. Denise Duffield Thomas suggests in her Money Mindset newsletter that a regular review of your belief system of the story that continually trips you over enables you to explore whether or not it's actually true. This active assessment involves your consciousness and a connection with your heart space, that when you're connecting with your heart, you get a sense or a measure of what's true or not. And more often than not, we formulate fears because of an unknown consequence or outcome or when we simply don't know or we feel like we've lost control. Therefore, in many circumstances, the fears aren't real. We've made them up in our head to keep ourselves safe. And don't get me wrong, there are examples where someone who's perhaps been a victim of abuse or there's been a significant life event that they had no control over, but something happened to them. Those fears are different and they're more phobia-based and we'll talk about them another episode. Pull apart tip number three, seek your inner saboteur. The more gorgeous that you are prepared to own what arises in terms of your thoughts and feelings, or what comes out on the paper as you're starting that purge, can therefore be addressed as the negative Nancy and the sooner you get that out, the sooner you can discern whether it's true or not. Does it feel right? What's your gut instinct? The quicker you can take a stand at the choice point, the quicker you can change literally the neuroplasticity of your brain and the associated neurological survival program. This takes courage and perseverance because this type of change doesn't happen overnight. It does reside from a platform of self-commitment and perseverance, so don't think that a one-stop shop will fix this. This is a commitment to self, of loving and honouring yourself with kindness. And the fourth pull-apart tip was if after trying the first three steps on your own and you still feel stuck, bogged down, lost, I myself am not a big fan of wallowing in the quagmire of crap that goes on in your head and your body, go and do something about it. Book yourself a session with your favourite practitioner who can support you to spring clean any residue left behind or lurking under the carpet of your survival program. It's often the energy that you're subconsciously re into your survival program that makes you avoid the discomfort of flicking that switch from survival program back into thriving in life. And this enables you to channel true positive energy and high vibration for life. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of why it's challenging to change. There's daily inspirational posts on my social media pages. Simply search for me using the links in the show notes below. To grow my podcast audience, it helps me immensely if you could hit the follow button. I'd be so grateful. Thanks gorgeous in advance for sharing this podcast within your own change tribe. I hope it generates a fire of loving support and proactive discussion of how you can take charge of your journey steps throughout life, regardless of the challenges that life experience has brought you. I'm your podcast host, Kaz Humphreys, aka The Change Chick. The I Am Changing podcast is a reminder that we can all choose to change and bloom from within.